Welcome to the Matters of the Heart podcast with your girl, Zoe Alexandra. Here at Matters of the Heart, your heart matters to God, so it matters to us too. Our motto is whole hearts, sound minds, and healed people because we believe God wants that for this generation. So I've created the Matters of the Heart community for women just like you, women who are strong, resilient, women who know they don't want their trauma and brokenness to define their story and dictate their lives anymore. Woman of God, you are loved, you are chosen, and brokenness is not your final destination. You better believe that. Join me each week as we journey together into the matters of the heart and grow with God into wholeness and freedom. This time you don't have to do it alone, girl. Hey guys, it's your girl Zoe Alexandra and I'm back with you for another episode of Matters of the Heart. Hey Heart family, I hope you guys have been doing amazing. I hope your weeks have been good, your days have been good. I hope your month has been good. It's the month of July, can you believe it? And if you've been in the UK, you will know that the men, the weather girls... It's been giving grey, it's been giving gloomy, it's been giving the judgment and the wrath of God. Is it just me? But <laughs> I'm like, where has summer gone? Summer has disappeared. And the funniest thing, sorry guys, you know I like to just sometimes. You know the funniest thing is, yeah, I saw one news report come out, uh, is it yesterday, saying that July is going to be the hottest month of the year. Has the United Kingdom received that same memo? I'm just wondering if you're listening from one of our beautiful countries abroad, the United States, South Africa, hey guys, <laughs> Canada, Nigeria, wherever you are. If you're in a tropical or heated climate, guys, intercede for us. We have been struggling in this nation with the, as in rain, guys, wind. Uh-uh. You wouldn't even know that you're in July, honestly, and because July is our summertime, so you know, we want to have our nice summer dresses and shorts and our toes out. And it's like, no, winter jackets, raincoats and umbrellas have been on. It's really been something to behold. Um, So I don't know. They said that we've moved from a place of global warming to global boiling. God forbid. Um, But I pray that the heat is coming from the fire of revival burning through the nations uh, in the name of Jesus and not from the earth uh, coming to a boil for real, for real, because otherwise... <laughs> We really have to start crying out to God for a transition because we're in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, guys, Um, so I don't necessarily have a word of wisdom. I always say that and then I do so. Just before I started, I believe the Holy Spirit was laying on my heart about comparison. Now, we've heard this um phrase. Is it in the scripture? I don't actually think it is. Comparison is the thief of joy. But can I um can I present to you um something else that I might want you to consider? Um comparison is the thief of your destiny um comparison robs you of your individuality comparison robs you of your authenticity it makes you look at somebody else's path and desire to be there instead of trying to figure out or navigate where it is that god wants to take you and in this generation of social media where we've got tiktok and we've got instagram and we've got facebook if you're still using it and we've got all of these platforms where everyone's posting their highlights and all of the good things they're doing in their life and sometimes you might be looking at your life and wondering when are things going to change for me sometimes you might end up desiring things you don't actually want for yourself but they seem to be a representation of you being successful or prosperous in your life for example a new car a new wig a certain type of nails a certain handbag 
and you start to compare yourself and it's taking away your individuality and it's taking away um, the necessary um, uh, push that you need to find yourself in God and to find who God wants you to be. And what comparison does is it leads to idolatry because you then try and form yourself in the image of others when our call as believers to be like Jesus is to uh, be conformed into the image of Christ and Christ alone. And so if you've been listening to this um, um, right now and you know you've been dealing with comparison and I hold my hand up too, I think we all have in some ways comparison of maybe I'm not doing enough or I need to uh, show up more or I need to have more money or I should be somewhere else. My friend Montel met up the other day and she said something to me. She's like, by whose standard? You need to be doing more by whose standard? And so I wanted to present to you this same question whose standard are you living by is it the lord's standard for you or is it the standard you've created by yourself by comparing yourself to other people around you comparison isn't of god he wants you to the only comparison that you should have in your life is comparing yourself to christ he's the only one that it's perfect he's the only one we're trying to be more like he's the only one that holds the key to us understanding who we are in god so i would encourage you if you're dealing with comparison go before the throne of grace release your fears your worries your anxieties speak to the lord about how you've been feeling maybe you've been dissatisfied with your life maybe you're dealing with insecurity or imposter syndrome perhaps you haven't you know really understood who you are or who you've been called to be so you compare yourself because you don't realize that you're carrying so much and that you're so useful and that god wants to use you in this generation in a different way it may not look like what your peers are doing but it would still be significant Go and find out who you are in God. And when you confess, there comes that freedom and there comes that grace for the Holy Spirit to begin to help you to navigate finding yourself in God. Amen. Okay, let's jump into the episode. Okay, guys, so I have a mentoring group called She Overcomes. And if you haven't joined yet, what are you even waiting for? Because we have a great time there. I need to get some of my ladies to come and speak. Like, honestly, I know I always go off, but I love those women. Like... I don't even see them like my little sisters in my heart. I hold them like my, they're my daughters that, you know, we have times of prayer together. We had a prayer session this morning. It was powerful. We have teaching sessions. So that's the raw word of God. What does the Bible say about topics? Because our mind has to be renewed. And then we have coaching sessions where they're really practical, where we um delve into, you know, um, well, let me start with this so it will make sense. Each month <laughs> we have a specific topic area that we focus on. So the the first She Overcomes session I held was um, in January. And in January, we were focusing on who is the father. So we've touched on different things, fear, intimacy with God. And last month we were focusing on, or should I say this month, because it's still July, we've been looking at transition. Because when I speak to these women and we're in private coaching sessions as part of their membership, I realised, hey, like so many of them are going through transition, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new season. And even me as well, I was going through transition. So I'm like, oh, how can I help them? And so we had this coaching session and it was amazing. Just like um, looking and reflecting on how we've been coping in our season. And then I gave them tools to equip them to know how to move 
forward in a better or more effective way and that's what it's all about getting the word of god on the inside of you and then applying practical tips because we know what the word says faith without works is dead so you can have faith of god being able to help you to change but if you don't take the necessary steps or you don't implement the things practically in your life the fruit you're looking to see may not appear in the speed or in the way that you want to see it so it's very and it's very important for me to be able to equip the woman that I've been called to serve with those tools and so that's what we do in She Overcomes and it's um, just awesome and I really want to continue to grow the community there and so if you're looking for a community if you're looking for a place where you can be receive the word of god where you can receive coaching where you can speak to me one-on-one please join there'll be a link in my bio um come along (laughs) come to the sessions engage and everything like i always say is what you make it so make use of coming to the sessions we pray every friday morning together make sure you come to the prayer sessions make sure you come to the teaching sessions make sure you book in time with me each month to have a one-to-one um 30 minute meeting where we can just catch up and you can let me know where you are um these are the benefits of she overcomes and like i said to my community manager i said to her listen my heart's desire for she overcomes is that the woman who come into she comes would be transformed by the power of god in the presence of god i don't want you to be like me i want you to be like christ i want you to find jesus christ and i want his presence to be your home and i want you to know by the time you decide you don't want to be a part of the community anymore that you're able to stand that you've been equipped to stand and to know that anything the enemy has tried to throw at you in your life that you will be able to overcome it by the power of god that you need to know how to stand as a believer and i think that can be some of the hardest things that we go through seasons and trials and we do not know how to stand we just don't know how to stand firm we don't know how to pray we don't know how to keep our minds in peace and so this is what she overcomes is all about hallelujah okay guys i've spoken enough so back to what i was actually trying to leap into so as part of my um monthly so it's my so in my teaching for this month um i was again i said our topic area for this month was about transition and so i actually initially titled the teaching coping with transition but i changed it when i began to pray and i said this is going to be called succeeding in seasons of transition and so that's what we have to learn how to do we have to learn how to succeed in the midst of transition coping is has a lot of negative connotations attached to it when we're coping it means that we're just getting along we're just about making it but i want us to thrive i want us to succeed i want us to soar in seasons of transition because seasons of transitions are what god actually uses to propel us into our promise and if you are a woman um who is going through a stage of healing and god is doing a work on the inside of you you have to know that you're going to consistently going go through seasons of transition as god is making your heart whole as god is doing a good work on the inside of you you're going to transition from being um, maybe broken to you know more healed (laughs) and then a little bit more healed again and a little bit stronger and a little bit wiser and you're going to increase in authority and there's always a bridge between those iterations and who you are as a woman and so you have to know that transition is a part of our journey with god and so what is transition so if you're looking at the definition of transition 
Transition is the process or period of changing from one state to another. It's that in-between aspect of our life. So it's as you move from one place to the next. So the analogy the Lord gave me about transition was like, transition is like a train. So for example, if you get on, if you live in London, you might know these stations. If you get on at King's Cross and you want to go to Victoria, you'll take the Victoria line perhaps. And the train from King's Cross um, to Victoria That journey in between is a transition. It means that you've gone from one destination to arrive at the next, but that in-between bit before you land at the next, the final station you're supposed to be at is called transition. And we all know, even from being on the train sometimes, sometimes the journey can be smooth. Other times it can hiccup. Other times you might have to stop and get off the train a couple of times. We all know that when God's dealing with us, and he's taking us into a new place and it's hard and it's rigorous. So we get off the train and say, listen, let me come off this train and sit down for a couple of minutes because this is intense. At times there are delays in our journey on that train where they might say, we're holding this train here to regulate the service. And that happens at times in our journey of transition when we might maybe end up in disobedience. But I'm going off. Let me just continue what I want to say. I'll get into all of that. So the first thing I wanted you to know, if you are going through a season of transition, whether it's God taking you from, um, I don't know, brokenness to wholeness. And this is a a hard transition to make. Trust me, I know, because even it doesn't even happen once. Uh, Newsflash or warning, shall I say. (laughs) Breaking news. Uh, It does not happen once. It happens multiple times. But again, by his grace, um, you have to know that transition is inevitable. You cannot avoid transition you can't avoid moving from one place to the next in your life you just can't avoid it it's a part of our journey with God it's a part of our process it's inevitable and so at times we can grow frustrated or uncomfortable or feel maybe even angry with God in seasons of transition but you have to know you're not the only one that goes through it we all go through it it's a part of our journey but the thing about transition is that It must be sustained by intimacy with God. The reason why every transition in our life is going to be uncomfortable. Nobody transitions into a new place and it's easy. Whether you're transitioning from being single to being married, whether you're transitioning from being um, an employee to now who doesn't have any um, staff that they manage to being a manager, there's there's going to be challenges. Whether you're moving from being um, just married to a married and then becoming a mother or a father there's a transition and that is difficult there's a transition and that is difficult so it must be sustained by intimacy with God why because the bible even speaks about where to abide in God what does that mean to make God our home and the bible continues on by saying apart from him we can do no thing so what does this mean that God is our source of strength our help our everything So when we're moving from one place to another, we have to have that intimacy, that reliance, that dependence on God. And I believe he often thrusts us into these challenging seasons or these places where we're stretched, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, because he wants us to depend on him. And he wants us to go deeper in our level of intimacy with him as well. Transition requires your transparency. You can't be in the season of transition and not be honest with God. It requires you to open up about how you feel. 
that God, I know you're taking me into a new place, but God, I'm finding it a little bit difficult. And God, I'm still walking with you, but I'm still a little bit afraid or I'm still a little bit unsure. God is transitioning me even into another season. And girl, you guys know I'm very honest with you. Imposter syndrome has been flaring up. I'll even move to the point in saying that it's been crippling for me. You people be wondering why, where have I been? I have been navigating some things, man. <laughs> I've been navigating some things, you know. Um, and I've been trying to unpack it. I want to understand this thing well, you know, and it's um presentation in the human mind. So I can even help you guys with it too. But I've been I've been dealing with some things in the midst of transition. When God is taking me higher in certain places in my life. Oh God, God, am I worthy? God is this. And I have to take those things to God. I have to present them to the Lord. I have to be honest. It requires transparency because that's normal for us to feel uncomfortable and maybe even ill-equipped when God has taken us into a place we haven't been before. So we have to be transparent with God. Something else we have to know, we know the story of the Israelites. God has done wonders for them, set them free, opened the river Jordan. Listen, if you're part of my girl or she overcomes, you know, I always use this and say, have you ever seen the bottom of the sea before? Have you? Me, I haven't seen the, the seabed before. Who knows? But do you realize God opened the Red Sea for the Israelites to cross? Have you seen the seabed before? Me, I haven't seen no, I haven't seen before. But God did this for the people that he loved, for the chosen people. God set them free. Then he destroyed the Egyptians in the sea, closed it up and destroyed them and began to thrust uh, the Israelites into a season of transition, bringing them into the next season of their life because he had given them a promise. And we know that this journey that they were supposed to take, I've read a little, lots of different things. Some people say it's supposed to last 11 days. Other people said it was supposed to last the one year, but either way, all I know is it wasn't supposed to last 40 years. <laughs> there was a promise he wanted them to take possession of. There was a promise he wanted the Israelites to obtain. It should not have taken four decades for them to get there. And so what happened? They became disobedient. They refused to cooperate with God. So what you have to know from this is that you can delay your season of transition. If you refuse to cooperate with God, if God is asking you to assume a certain posture in a season, maybe inviting you to increase in prayer, maybe inviting you to spend more time reading the word of God, maybe telling you need to lean more on this season on your accountability, your mentors, people around you. Perhaps I'm going to have to ask you to stop reading or looking at certain things in this season of your life and you haven't done it. You're delaying yourself. You're delaying yourself. The Israelites made foreign, they made a calf out of gold. They were disobedient. The God that gave them kale, quail, or is it quail eggs? I think so. Quail. Yeah. Guys, you know, food. <laughs> Manna and something else. The God that was with them, smoke in the, smoke in the day, fire by night, presented himself as Jehovah Shema. The God that is always there. The God that was with them. The God that could see them. The God that redeemed them. It wasn't enough for them in the midst of their transition in fact they began to grumble as they transitioned into their promise and saying it would have been better can you imagine that we stayed as slaves than be here why in the midst of the unknown the transition is an unknown place it can often feel like the israelites will experience in like the wilderness 
I'm in a place, God, and I don't really know where I am. And it's requiring me to trust you. And so if you do not obey God, if you do not depend on him, if you don't cooperate with his instruction, if you don't listen to him and what he's saying to you in this season, you can delay yourself. And so transition requires you to trust in God. And so we get frustrated sometimes in this in seasons, maybe even of deliverance and healing. Oh God, this is taking so long. When is this going to be over? Ah, you that he invited to be prayed every night. Have you been praying, sis? <laughs> he invited you to read the word, get the word of God in you, that it would flow from your from you richly, but you've refused. And so you're delaying your season of transition. Don't be like the Israelites, refusing to abide in God's word of refusing to believe him, refusing to obey the Lord and end up delaying your process. Cooperate with the Lord. Know that he knows what's best for you and understand that anytime he's instructing you to do something, he's not going to leave you. And it may be uncomfortable, but there's something in James that tells us that even when our faith is being tested, he's, he's producing patience on the inside of us. And the word says, let patience be complete in us, that we would be perfect, lacking nothing. That God is trying to push us to be steadfast. Now, what does steadfast mean? Steadfast means we are faithful. Steadfast means we are unshakable. Steadfast means that in the midst of a trial, we're still worshipping God. I was speaking to one of um, my girls from She Overcomes today. And when we were praying in the morning, I was saying, listen, confuse the enemy with your praise. How confused would Satan have been with his Israelites, even though he knows that some of them are even afraid or unsure, but they're still worshipping God, faithful to God, praising him, saying, God, you'll do it for us. And they remain steadfast with their eyes fixed on him believing in him trusting in him despite though their situation in the wilderness was challenging disgrace the enemy with your praise disgrace him with your posture remain low remain humble remain dependent on god don't give in to the temptation to walk away from the lord when things are hard that's when he wants to show up and show you that he's with you and he's for you and transition requires you trusting in god believing in him knowing that he's going to come through for you trusting his word knowing that he's not a god that will lie that what he said he will do so i encourage you if you've even lost faith and say god is this thing really going to happen god am i really going to be whole god am i really going to look different god am i am i really a new creation god am i really going to be this person who's securing my identity who's confident who isn't insecure i don't know lord i know you said that i can be that but i don't believe you will do it for me listen start shifting how you're thinking from today and even if you want to use me as evidence say god if i know that you can do it in zoe lord you can do it in me because sometimes you need the testimony to believe it for yourself that lord even for myself like god you took me from depression that use me as an example when you can't remember, God, is this how I was depressed, suicidal, on the brink of suicide when God snatched my life? When God snatched my life, I've dealt with everything you can imagine. <laughs> but by his grace, I'm still here. That depression didn't take me. That suicide didn't take me. That the heartbreaks didn't destroy my life. That the abuse didn't destroy my mind and my, my worth as a woman. I'm here, blood washed using my mouth to now speak the word of truth into the lives of others 
I am evidence of God's mercy and God's grace and God's ability to restore and make new. So every time you feel like, God, are you going to do it for me? Look to Jesus and know that God has already done it for you. Jesus has given you the victory. But if you need a point of reference to say, if God can do it for Zoe, he can do it for me too. Using somebody else's testimony and standing on because why? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So I use my testimony to say, use it. Use the testimony of others to increase your faith in Jesus Christ. Use the testimony of what God has done in my life as the way to increase your faith when you are waiting for God to move, when you're waiting for God to complete his work in you. Always remind yourself, God is doing it for others. He can do it for me too. Let that increase your faith and trust him. And trust me, his processes are hard and they can be challenging and grueling. But at the end of it, he's using these times of refining and cleansing and purification and chastening to make you look more like Jesus the testimony my testimony won't make you look like me I don't want you to look like me I want you to look like Jesus I want you to think like Jesus sound like Jesus and this is the point of transition again in James it speaks about so that we be perfect and complete that speaks to us coming to a level of maturity the same maturity that Jesus was because there are stages of sonship maybe one day I'll teach you on the different levels of sonship but Jesus Christ was highest rank of sonship mature he wants us to be mature and unshakable this is what he desires and this is the process in transition that produces that in you so don't despise it God is with you don't delay yourself by disobeying him transition requires your obedience it requires your yes and a great person to look at in this is Abraham. Oh, Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had father. I'm just off, guys. Sorry. <laughs> but we see Abraham, right? And God is always telling Abraham to do mad things. We first meet Abraham in Genesis 12. And the Bible says that it tells Abraham to leave his father and mother and go to a land he does not know. Leave everything. Take your wife, your babes. He even brought a lot. He shouldn't have even brought a lot, but he brought a lot. But he obeyed God. And the Bible tells us that he went immediately. So we see the instruction and we see the yes the next day. And we see Abraham again. So we learn something about his character. It wasn't a one-off. It was how he operated. Yes, there was an Ishmael. And so he did make a mistake. He wasn't a perfect man. But when he did receive his promise of Isaac, God told him to take his grown man's son and lay him on an altar and sacrifice him to test to see if he feared him and Abraham when he received the instruction the next day he took his son and he went and this is the level of obedience that we need when a when God was taking Abraham in Genesis 12 from his father's house he was transitioning uh, Abraham into a place where he would receive the promises of God if you read continue to read in Genesis 12 you will see the promises that God was making Abraham if Abraham refused to get up and move in that season and transition into the next season of his life he wouldn't have received the promise so he had to get up and go and so transition requires your yes to God it requires your obedience it requires humility it requires you turning from your own ways and saying God you know better than me and even though I might be going into a place I don't know even though I'm not sure about everything God I'm going to listen to you and obey you and allow you to go ahead of me and I'll follow you God Trans transition requires your obedience and so even I would say that 
in the same light, transition requires you to relinquish your will. You can't carry your will into a season of transition. And what came to me when I was preparing for this was Luke 22 verse 42. And we see Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, one of my favourite scriptures. So uh, his soul was in anguish, not because he was going to die. Because the Bible tells us again, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Because he knew the end point. The only thing that was causing his soul to be in anguish was that he was going to be um, separated from the father for the first time. And so there was blood coming out of his sweat. He was distressed. What does it mean to be outside of fellowship with the father? Imagine this is like the Adam before the fall kind of experience that Christ lived in every single day in union, in proximity, drawing close to the father daily, intimate with the father. He didn't know what it meant to be apart from him. It's like a child attached to their mother. And then when the mother leaves the house and leaves the child behind, the child breaks forth crying and wailing. Where's my mother? I don't know what it means not to be attached to her. I want her to be here. This is the same connection that Christ had with the Father. He was set on doing his will always. He even said, my food, what sustains me is to do the will of the Father and to accomplish his work. He was about the Father's business. But Christ still had a will. And we learn in Luke 22, he, he said, if it was my will, I would say, take this cup from me. The cup represents judgment. Because he was now taking the judgment that was owed to the world. That was owed to us who have sinned and he was putting it to death on the cross because somebody had to die. This is the operation of God. It's like, again, you, if you look at what happened in um, the, the Old Testament, when the priests were atoning for the sins of the people, something had to be sacrificed. And the judgment that should have been given to them, the Israelites, was put on the animal and it was sacrificed so that they would be free of their sins christ took this place for us so that we would be no longer sinners but sons and he said if i could i would say take this from me but he says not my will but thine will be done because he was about to make this transition <laughs> he was about to transition from being on earth to in heaven was about to transition from living as a man to being seated as a man in the heavens and becoming our chief intercessor in heaven. So he had to relinquish his will. He can't say, oh God, I wouldn't want this to happen because even his desire would have even been selfish. No, because I don't want to be separated from you, God, so I don't want to do what I know I came here to do. He couldn't have done that, not Christ. And so he teaches us something. He was about to start a new journey was about to transition into the next for the kingdom of God and he had to let go of that will not my will but thine will be done and that should be all of our postures in every season of our life whether we're transitioning or we're in a new season in the promise God not my will but thine will be done we relinquish what we want for the sake of God we relinquish what we want to see God move in our lives and oftentimes what we don't realise is that we stop trying to force our own way, our own methods and just say, God, you are all knowing. You are all seeing God. There is no one wiser than you. Your ways are not my ways. Your ways are higher. So God, I relieve myself of trying to enforce 
my will here and I say, God, let your will be done. Lord, I wouldn't choose to go through this rigorous healing process and I feel like I'm being stripped and I'm, I wouldn't do it this way, God, but I'm not you, God. You're greater, you're wiser, you're better. So God, let your will be done. That's what we should do when we're transitioning, when we're moving into the next season, when we're crossing over into the next. Oh God, let your will be done in the name of Jesus. And so the next point I would say is that you have to know how to discern the season you are in well. Transition requires your spiritual sensitivity. And at times when God is doing in our, something in our lives, if it's uncomfortable, we can be blaming Satan for something that God is trying to use onto our maturity and perfection. So I, the scripture that came to my heart was Isaiah 43 verse 19. And it says that God is doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? What does perception mean? Can you sense it? Are you discerning that God is doing a new thing in your life? Do you even know you're in a season of transition right now? <laughs> you've been frustrated, God. And you've been upset even with God. And you've even wondered, God, have you abandoned me? And he can never abandon you. My love, you've not discerned this season well. The Bible speaks about how God will make a way in the wilderness and put a stream in a desert. Both of these things are oxymorons. There are no roads in any wilderness. There are never streams in a desert. In fact, in order to even obtain any level of liquid or hydration, there are cactuses that store water that people have to break open in order to even get something to drink if they're in the desert. It's so dry. So how can there be a stream there? That sometimes God does the unpredictable, but we have to perceive it. That sometimes God is doing a strange thing, but we have to be discerning and perceive it. And so transition requires your spiritual sensitivity. You have to be sensitive. Lord, what are you doing right now? God, how are you moving right now? Lord, what are you preparing us for right now? Lord, what is happening right now? Lord, why does it feel like I'm being crushed right now? God, why does it feel like, I don't know, like you're doing, your, like I feel like I keep meeting up with my insecurity. Lord, why do I keep meeting up with old wounds? I keep coming to the surface. God, what are you doing right now? I thought that I should be in a season of joy and hope and abundance, but that isn't happening, God. What are you doing right now? We often like to use the scripture of the sons of Issachar. The Bible says that the sons of Issachar knew the times and the seasons and they knew what they ought to do. Many of us do not know the times or the seasons and we don't know what to do. We have no clue. We have no clue what to do because we don't even know what season we're in. And even if you know the season, you have to know what to do as well. So be sensitive. Be sensitive. Keep trusting in God even when you feel like you can't see him. I don't know if it was Stephanie Ike or another preacher that said this. But said if you... Sometimes you're looking for God in a season and you can't see him. Always remember his heart towards you. Always remember who he is. That he loves you. That he's for you, not against you. Remember that you're written on the palm of his hand that he hasn't forgotten you. Remember that he's still the restorer. Remember that he is still the father. Remember that he is still the healer. Remember that he is still provider. When you're looking and you're like, God, I can't hear anything. or I feel like you're not speaking to me or I don't know what's happening. Look for his heart. 
towards you as his child. And if you can't find it, because sometimes we're looking for an example in our life, maybe your father wasn't there or you didn't have a necessarily the best one and you're trying to figure out, well, I don't know what the father's heart is towards me. Read the scriptures. Even if you're reading the book of Exodus or even on the journey of the Israelites through the wilderness, you keep seeing how God shows up. Even if you're not sure, keep reading even the gospels and how Christ came for our sake. He loves you. <laughs> He loves you. Look for his heart towards you. Remember his heart towards you. Remember how he saved you and how he's already transformed your life. But you have to be discerning in this season. Discern what is happening. Don't make any assumptions. That is my biggest advice to you in your walk with God. Don't ever assume. Ever. Don't ever assume anything. Assumption is like, God, I know better than you. I'm going to assume this means that don't do it. It's <laughs> not that we shouldn't use our intellect. But don't ever assume. Always ask. Always be discerning. And even um, there's a story. It's in the book of First Kings. I'm sorry. I'm not really good with scriptural references, especially if I'm just flowing in the spirit. I know what happened. I just can't remember where it was. But I think it's in the book of Kings. And it's when um, David was sent by God to defeat those who were sent against him and god gave him one instruction um this is how you defeat them i mean he was in the same place and so he said oh god like should we do the same thing again and if david had made the same assumption do the same thing again what it would have meant is that he would have been defeated by his enemies but god said no don't do that again what i want you to do is now this time go up to the stronghold Take a higher position so you have an advantage against your enemies. God told him, even though he was in the same place, not to do the same thing. And so I've learned from that, that place in the word of God. Even if you feel like, oh, last season I was here and I did this, don't assume. Always ask the Lord for fresh instructions. Always say, God, shall I do the same thing again? Or shall I do something different? What does this season require of me? Don't assume, assume anything. And be sensitive. And the last but most uh, important I would say is that, which has kind of been tied into everything I've been saying is, when you're transitioning with God, your gaze should be fixed on him. Like I said at the beginning, transition is sustained by intimacy with God. And trust me, I say this without judgment because it's been many a time. I don't say this to boast because I'm not proud of myself. But where I've allowed my gaze to slip from God and I just start feeling low and I start feeling alone and I start feeling confused and even angry with God, be real, because my gaze has shifted, because I'm not praying as I ought to be, because I'm not in the word of God, because I'm not worshipping, because I'm not spending time in his presence. So when you are moving from one place to another, keep your eyes on the Lord. Because when transition, it definitely feels like you're being shaken inside of a blender. I'm telling you facts. And so the Bible speaks about, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. And with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And so if you want to remain unshakable in a season, if you want to have your success in a season of transition, being firmly planted, immovable, fixed, not moved by what is happening, certain trusting in god 
the key to unlock that in your life is to keep your eye fixed on Jesus, to keep your gaze on him, to keep worshipping him, to keep looking to him for help. These seasons of transitions, I promise you, God brings us low on purpose so we can depend on him. God brings us low so we can learn humility, sometimes so that we can learn how to pray, sometimes so that we can learn how to war in the spirit. And if our eyes aren't fixed on him, we can miss this. You know, something even that I feel like I'm seeing even now in the spirit is when you keep your eyes fixed on the Lord, there's something that Jesus said. He said, I only do what I see my father do in heaven. How can he do that? Because his eyes were always fixed on the father. So what happens is we become a mirror of God here on earth. Even in the midst of our adversity. Even in the midst of our trials and our challenges and our refining. That if our eyes are fixed on God, we become his mirror here. That we would be able to even experience the same thing that Christ said. That I only do what I see my father doing in heaven. And so it's that right now I see my father in heaven telling me to pray. I see my father in heaven worshipping, rejoicing, so I join him. I see my father in heaven just doing something and I just become a mirror here of what he's doing in heaven on the earth. Because his eyes were always on him. Because his gaze and his heart was focused on the father always. So, beloved, <laughs> my heart family, transition is hard. You even heard that I put breath behind the H. It's hard. <laughs> it can take a lot out of you. It can cause you to question God. It can, if you're not careful. It can cause you to try and make your own way that feels easier or more comfortable. Don't do it. Transition with God. And I pray that all that has been said today, whatever season you are in, wherever God is leading you, Wherever he is moving you, that these will help you to move forward with him and that you would succeed in your season of transition. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, Heart Family, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Matters of the Heart. I love you guys so deeply. I will be back with another episode here to encourage you, to lift you, to help you on your journey of wholeness only on matters of the heart see ya